0: Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On today's show I have Sadna Sabrahol, she is the single mum millionaire and she's also known as the no money down queen she is a single mother with three sons she is also a full-time law clerk and she is an enthusiastic real estate investor over the past decade of investing in real estate she has bought and sold over 30 different properties including single family homes duplexes fourplex, a fiveplex, a sixplex and an eight unit building. As I said she has been called the no money down queen as she has built her portfolio of properties with none or little of her own money. She loves to invest through recycled money and also by creative financing strategies. So let's find out all about Sadna, and let's find out how she became the single mum millionaire and the no money down queen. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Today's episode is brought to you by the How to Increase Your Self-Worth to Increase Your Net Worth online workshop. This workshop is here to help victims and survivors of abuse to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves, to help them get unstuck and moving forward to a life that their heart truly desires. For more information on this workshop, go to sandyj.com.au. Hello, Sadna. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I am looking forward to exploring your story and hearing how you started on your journey with real estate investment. Now, the Tiaras, Tears and Triumphs podcast provides a safe space for victims and survivors of abuse to tune in and tap into support and information to help them heal and rebuild their. lives on the other side of abusive relationships. I was super super excited when I stumbled on you as I know that 99% of women who go through abusive relationships are financially abused and there are many who cannot find their feet financially on the other side of abuse. Hearing about what you do gives so much scope and hope to explore rebuilding on the other side of abuse standing up on your own two feet again and creating a solid financial foundation so Sadna, can we start by rewinding back to where this journey of the single mum millionaire all started
1: Yes, definitely. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for inviting me. I'm glad you found me. However you did, we'll leave that for be for now. But no, I'm so glad because I just feel as moms, forget single moms for a second, even like as moms, we give so much to our family, our husbands, your kids and everything. And we forget us. And that's where my life was 23 years ago I was I got married at the age of 19. I had three kids before the age of 26 and I was a divorced and single mom by the age 34. Every little girl's dream is to be married have children and live happily ever after but that doesn't always happen so for me it's it was very important that I stood on my own two feet and not just that I think I was also forced into that and had my ex not said to me I can't support you or the children financially I don't know what I would have done so it was right off the bat as soon as he left me for somebody else it was like okay here's another like you know slap in your face that I cannot support you so now when you and I always say this, when you have no options, that's your only option. And that's where you start from. And that's exactly where I started from. So he left me for another woman. Three months later, two months later, he calls me to tell me she's pregnant. I'm like, okay. Even let's rewind before that. He told me at my cousin's wedding that there is somebody else in his life at my cousin's wedding, and it took me six months to finally say to him because I mean my kids were very little they were like 9 11 and 13 and I said to him I said this was in September and in March so like literally six months later I'm like well I can't go on like this you have to make a decision and he goes to me I can't leave her and I said then you leave me and he did Two months later, I find out she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Now, what the bleep do I do with this information? And on that day is when I thought of killing myself and my children Mm -hmm. because I could not bear the pain because at that point, what that represented, what that phone call represented was that there was no chance of a reconciliation now. Mm -hmm. I was done with him because now there is some other entity involved. It's not just a woman who knew you were married. That's one piece. Now there is a child involved. So mm-hmm. I am not going to take that. Um, in Hindi, we call it public. I'm not gonna take that burden on my soul. I'm not doing that. So I was like, okay, now in my head, I'm done with you. Even though yes, you know, maybe there was a chance. Maybe there was something in my mind that maybe this is possible. Maybe this is not possible. But at that point is when I realized I was done and that was painful. So I thought about killing myself and my children. I thought to myself, I'm going to put a hose on the car exhaust system because that was the only thing I knew and I'm going to leave it in the house and it will just be carbon monoxide poisoning because I I don't think I wanted my kids to feel the pain. Mm. So that was one thing. And obviously I didn't kill them. And I still remember that day I was at work when he called me. A co-worker said to me, oh, what are your plans? And I said, oh, I'm just going to kill everybody this weekend. She called the Children's Aid Society on me. Mm-hmm. Monday morning, I had to go and I go to work and I get a phone call. At that time, I didn't have a cell phone. Um, and I get a phone call about the kids. And I said, well, they're at school. And it was like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, here's the phone number. Call them up so i had to go through this like 45 minute interview with them thank god i didn't do anything or like you know anything stupid never mind taking my own life the kids like whatever i could have done i don't know because at the time you're not thinking logically mm. right it's whatever makes sense because all you want to do is just stop that pain mm. and so i didn't fast forward then i Fell into another relationship, I'll call it, but it was the same shish another day. And I said, okay, this is not working either. Forget this. Like I'm done with this piece, and that's where also the kids were. As they were getting older, their demands were more, meaning they were not happy with two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, mom. We don't, we need this much. It was. It became like we need fifty dollars or we need a hundred dollars. And I'm sure you you said you have kids that are older. And their demands are so much more, and me working as a law clerk, and I still work full time as a law clerk, I was unable to provide those things for them because how much can you do? One income is not sufficient, right? So I was always looking for different ways to make more money. Now, God bless him that he left a roof over my head. So at that time, we had a house and he had a business. So he took the business, I got the house, the business, he closed it up, whatever happened, doesn't matter. And he left me with the house, the kids, the mortgage, the debt, the credit card, and the money he owed my parents. All of that, however... He did leave me with a house. So I'm very grateful for that, that he left me a home. And one of my things became that because my kids were younger, I did not want them to have this impression upon them that dad left and now we have no home. Many times my mom and my brothers would say, why don't you move closer to mom? It'll be easier with the kids and stuff. And I said, no. I, in my mind, could not do that to my children. I could not be having them think that they don't have a home. Even though they will have another home, maybe my mom would have helped me buy another home closer to her, they would have another home. But for me, I could not take that away from them. So I actually still live in the same house, which we bought 30 some years ago. And I still live here. and it's like, you know,
0: whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> does it does your home represent stability? For It did. Yes. Yeah. For yourself and for your children. Yes, I, yes. you know, I think that different things, I think that the home is probably the primary, you know, thing that will represent stability for, um, for a mother and, you know, as, as the mother to know that they've got the roof over the head at least they've got the roof over the head and that then provides them with that foundation that they need to navigate all the other challenges exactly and yeah see for me for me it was it was different because I lost my home in yeah. the um, abusive relationship but for me like it ended up being the children's school that represented mm. their stability, that I knew that they were still being provided with an education and they were getting the support of, you know, the school um, framework with that you know that the teachers the the principal everybody knew of the challenges that we were facing and so they were getting that additional support from there so I think you know depending on where you're at you know different things will represent but we will always look for something that Mm -hmm. is that um is that mark of stability for us in our lives yeah Mm -hmm. so you've been you know very candid about thoughts of in your most vulnerable moments of how despairing you became and you were very candid about you know that desperate thought that crossed your mind and I'm really grateful to you for being so candid about that because these sorts of thoughts I think happen for many of us but because of the gravity of those thoughts we often don't we often suppress them and we don't talk about them and because there's you know there's a fear of being judged You know, I think that's a a huge part of it is that if you voice that, that people are going to stand in judgment of you for having that moment of, you know, what you would sort of describe as weakness. when You know, we all go through challenging times in our lives where we'll be confronted with these despairing emotions because we've just so consumed by the pain that we're experiencing in that moment. And we don't, we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, we can't see where the relief is going to come from. And we don't want to suffer anymore with this horrible pain that we're going through. So that it's, it's actually built into us into our into our physicality that we will try and protect ourselves from pain, and so that's why there's all this fight, flight, you know, freeze that Brenda. goes on. <laughs> yes, with, you know, with when we feel threatened by something, and you, in those moments, we're feeling incredibly threatened by, you know, what your husband had done with being unfaithful to you in the relationship, and then taking the out not staying with you, with your three children, but taking the out and going with the other woman. And then that added pain of her then, you know, falling pregnant and he's starting a new chapter. And where does that leave you and your three children feeling abandoned, you know, completely abandoned by him? And what what did that all mean? You know, mm-hmm. those years that you had spent together, those years that you had spent you know, making a family together. And there you were, you know, thinking, what just happened?
1: That's exactly it. What just happened? Like, how do you deal with that? You're at a cousin's wedding, and he tells you about a woman. And then he calls me to tells me she's pregnant. I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that information? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, there really aren't that many options. And I guess, like, you know, when you're going through so much pain, it's it's like, that's the only valid thought that comes to you at that time. Yeah. Like, how do you stop the pain?
0: Yeah. There's
1: only one way. Everybody knows how. Yes. That's it.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, you know, cut that part off.
0: Yes. Like, yeah. you know,
1: if it's your arm that's hurting you, like if it's so much in pain, so if it's me hurting as me, then I'm all- obviously going to be like okay I need to get myself um, um, like you know like I said you just think about killing you don't think I don't even want to use the word killing but it's basically ending ending. yeah ending Ending. that sorrow that pain that chapter like like you said exactly what did those 16 years of marriage mean yeah nothing
0: obviously to a man Well, I think that there's a lot that goes into that, but that, you know, that is the way that we are left feeling um, when there is that kind of betrayal that happens. And, um, And there's obviously, you know, a need for time to come into that, to play to, to start healing from, you know, that kind of betrayal. Um, Mm -hmm. But what I would like to know is you, you know, you had that dark moment and you didn't cave into it, thankfully. Mm -hmm. But then what then gave you the motivation to carry on? Where did you draw strength from after that?
1: I think I started focusing on my children and I started focusing on what I needed to do to keep my family together. And I think from there is, I figured the only thing I needed to do was bring more money into the household to support my kids. Because like I said, right after that is when he said he couldn't support me anymore. So I was thinking and looking for different ways to make more money. And that's when I put a second mortgage on my house, a line of credit, and I started lending out money. To make that little bit of extra money because I didn't know how. And then until one day I met this lady who came into the office, she was renewing a mortgage on a property that she owned her mortgage payment. I always say this, her mortgage payment was smaller than my car payment. Wow. And she explained to me that how she was building an asset because the tenant is literally paying for the house. And Honestly, I'm not joking, Sandy, it was like a light bulb moment for me. And that's where my whole journey began. This is about 12-13 years ago and my whole journey began and then you're just like, you know, you start thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking and it's like you, um, so that meeting was supposed to be maybe last 10 15 minutes it lasted 45 minutes because I just could not stop asking questions and at the end I think she probably finally got fed up and she's like okay I have a little real estate club why don't you come we meet every Tuesday night it's 20 bucks a night whatever like you know and that's where my journey began and I just started attending her seminars and then from there I started going out to attend more seminars and stuff it just um blossomed from there And then, you know, as soon as you have that, your focus gets away from you because now you're not having to deal with all of that pain. So that's why when you said like, you know, even just the name of your podcast was Tears, Sierras and Triumphs, right? I was like, oh my God, this is so cool because yes, you come through all of that and then you've, wow, I made it to the other side, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what happened. I started learning about real estate and I finally, I think it took me two years before I purchase my first property and then it's like you know once you do one you'll get that confidence then you second and then the third and and like you know it just then it just becomes like oh okay let me see how I can do this let me see if I can do this because also my biggest challenge was I didn't have any money so I mean like I said I was just the one person with the one job it had nothing like you know the kids were small they weren't working or anything and I Uh, started thinking, if I have this much money, how can I use this money, get it out, pull it out, recycle? I was on a podcast and I was explaining how I did one of the deals. And the guy goes to me, oh, that's the burst strategy, right? Garrett, I didn't know what it's called. However, all I knew was how do I get my money out as quickly as possible? Or how do I put in the least amount of money as possible? That was it. There was no third option. And I mean, you know, even when I do my trainings now at the No Money Down Academy, I tell them, my brain only works one way. How do I make this deal a No Money Down for me? If I can't do it, it's not the right deal for me. Doesn't mean the deal is not good. It's just not the right deal for me.
0: Can you you please explain the No Money Down deal? Because, you know, to me... That yeah, I've just before hearing that, if the first time I heard it about you, I didn't even know that a no money down deal existed. So can you just explain what that is?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, neither did I. I made it up <laughs> because I really honestly did not know such things exist outside. For me, I have to say it all came out of necessity. Okay, so what a no money down deal means, I'll give you two examples, okay? So the first one I did was I bought a house on a tax sale, very inexpensive. I used my line of credit. So first of all, let's talk about what does no money down mean? No money down means anytime the money is not coming from my pocket, it's a no money down deal. In other words, I, and I say this, I don't have to have a stash of cash to go out and buy that deal. I could borrow i can beg i can slide back borrow or steal not steal so, no no so what happens is so i went to my line of credit i took out that money i bought the inexpensive it was five thousand dollar house now i went to my realtor that was helping me on some of the other deals that i wanted to find i went to him i said i need to buy materials and stuff i had a home depot card i don't know if you have home depot in australia or not Nice. No, like uh, any kind of building store. Uh, it oh, have, yes.
0: Oh, yeah. Like a, like a building store with. Yes, like a building yes. supplies. Okay. Yeah, Bunnings so I is had a, a credit big card one here. From, what is it? Bunnings.
1: Bunnings. Okay. So I had a credit card from them. So I bought the material on their credit card. Then I asked my realtor, can you lend me some money? Because I have a line of credit that I don't use here. You can use it. So every month I would pay the interest on that. But I was using that for the labor. So it took six, eight months, however long it took, and I had a home. Now I put a tenant in there. Okay. Now I go to the bank and I say, I want to, I have this home that I bought. I fixed it up. Can you come in and appraise this house? Mm -hmm. And let's say they appraise it at more than all, which is what happened. They appraised it for the higher than that I had paid for and the materials and the cost of renovation and stuff. And then They give me the money. I pay off uh, my line of credit. I pay off my realtor's line of credit. I pay off the bannings in your case, uh, their credit card and every other expense I pay it off. Now this house is free. Free in the sense there is no money in there because I already took out all the money that I had put in. So I still own this house even today. And it gives me, even after paying all of the expenses, the rent covers for all of it. And I still get about $330 a month in positive cash flow.
0: Fantastic. So that's
1: one way yes. of no money down. The other way is I've done it with is joint venture partners. So let's say you have the money, I have the capacity to find deals or buy deals and do all the work that, oh my God, Sandy, I found this amazing deal because I'm a hustler, let's call it, right? So I find this great deal. You say, I have the money for down payment. And you know what, I can even qualify for the mortgage. I say, great, I found this property. It's below market value. It rents for X amount. It will give us this much cash flow, blah, 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 blah. We sit down, hash it out. If it works for both of us, great. You you bring in your resources, which is the money and your credit ability. I bring in the product and all of my work that I've done, finding a tenant, finding a property manager, getting any repairs and whatever the situation is. Right. And we both get together and we uh, profit, let's say 50, 50.
0: Mm, right. So
1: did I need the money? Did you I
0: need didn't have the any money? money. No. Right. Yeah. you brought
1: it in because I had the capacity to find a great deal.
0: Yes. Yeah. Right. Does that
1: make sense? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But I've done a lot of those. I've done a yeah. lot of those where somebody has brought in all the money or they brought in their credit ability or, you know, the husband and wife, they brought in their credit ability or their line of credit. It's all leverage. And one of the things I will say, and I do say this even in my trainings, is there is a traditional way of buying which is your regular, like, you know, save your 20%, go to the bank, they'll give you the 80%, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. That will take you, yes, maybe every 10 years you can buy one. But if you follow my path, and if I show you how I've done it, you could buy one every year. I mean, I know people who buy three a year, four a year. I mean, I I when my highest number of properties that I owned was 18 at one time, which was 46 tenants.
0: Wow. And were you, were you managing, doing property management on those properties? Not all of them. No, no Yeah, not all of them. That uh, would have the, been like that, a full-time job too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But I also feel sometimes that I probably would have done better than my own property manager, but that's just another story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the ones that were farther away, I did not manage them. The one that was close to my house, like within half an hour, I'm fine with that. No problem. Because I can arrange for someone to go in there and stuff, right? Yes. That's that's how I built my wealth. Now, my reason for getting into real estate was my children. Yes. My children were my only reason because I wanted them. And I could see my kids were smart um, and they would be going to university and all that stuff. So I said to myself, self You're going to pay for their (laughs) university education. You like it or not, you're paying for it. And I told them that, right? And I used to tell them, okay, I'll pay up to undergrad and then that's it. I mean, what parent is going to stop at that, right? That's not (laughs) the case. So then my oldest one went to med school. And of course, you know, I got some help from my family and most of it was with me. My second one, he did his undergrad and then he moved to the East Coast and then he's in Canadian. So he got a line of credit because when you're in Canada, they'll throw money at you when you're going to med school. And my third one, he got a scholarship to go to a a management school out in Illinois, Chicago, near Chicago. And he got a scholarship, but then I was just paying for the monthly expenses. Like, you know, because that's what is needed. So I pretty much like you know and so along the way even though I had 18 properties I'm down to like maybe four or five now because the real estate was done with the purpose of paying for the tuition Mm. and that's what I did Mm. so now I'm down to like I said five or six but it still feels good because I've done what I wanted for the real estate to do.
0: Mm. Aside from you know which is massive being able to provide your children with the university education did you have some other aspirations you were telling me earlier before we started the interview that you have the travel bug is this (laughs) uh, you know part of what this financial freedom that you've created for yourself has facilitated
1: yes so after the kids education was done I can actually say I started traveling. So that started about four or five years ago. And my dream has always been to do at least four vacations a year. So even when the kids were little, I used to say to them, you guys get to pay for my one vacation per year. I'll pay for one and each one of you has to pay one. And that way I get my vacation every three months. I mean, now with COVID, I haven't gone anywhere for a long time. Hopefully it will open up. And that would be the one thing. Um, Now... I have traveled a lot of places. I've been to Thailand. I've been to South Africa, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Panama, Dominican, Cuba, um, I said Thailand already. India, of course, US, like, you know, that's just normal. India and US just feels like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, Where else did I go? It's just been, it's been a fun, fun stuff to do. and now that the kids are older my oldest one is getting into real estate so he is also saying you know um that he wants to get into it so which is really cool
0: is he learning off mom
1: he is you know what he went to a seminar the other day he lives in atlanta so he went to a seminar he goes mom he'll come back and he'll ask me this question like you know any other questions like you know what these guys were talking about of course. And I said, what do you think? He's like, mom, you know everything. You just need to polish your course a bit more, or you need to be more polished. I'm like, I'm a mom. I'm not a business person. Mm-hmm. And you know what, to tell you the truth, if somebody was to ask me 12 years when I started, like I would be wanting to teach this, I would have said, eh, you're crazy. Me, public speaking? no, 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 no. And that's why I like to do an online because when COVID hit last year, that's what happened. Everybody was home. And um, so during that time, I started thinking, how do I share the knowledge that I have? right? So then I said, OK, what were the questions that I had when I was starting out in real estate? So I started thinking about all of those things and compiling as to what would I teach? Yes, It took me like nine months to write that program. Yeah. Or like so write it, record it, redo it, like all of that stuff. It took us about nine months. And that's why I funnily or jokingly call it my COVID baby. The No Money Down Academy <laughs> is my COVID baby. <laughs> and, and that's, we launched at the end of November, November 26th. So it's been about six months now. Yes. And we are hitting close to 200 students
0: that's fantastic yeah yeah
1: that's fantastic I'm really happy and I and it makes me feel that I am able to change or I have the ability or like you know God has chosen me to be where
0: I can change someone's life on the other side of this audio Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we started this interview, we also talked about your life purpose when you you know because we all ask that question at you know different points in our lives we'll say what am I here for (laughs) (laughs) what do you want me to do with my life (laughs) it's you know this big overarching question. question that we all have and what was the answer for you when you asked that question
1: so what happened was I, I have a ravine behind my house, so I used to go for a walk in the morning and one morning, and this was during the time I was asking like, tell me what my purpose is. Please God, please, tell me why am I here? My kids are grown up, I'm an empty nest now. what do you want me to do? And I was told, you need to teach people how to be happy. And then I'm like, well, how does happiness connect to anything else? Because that's such an intangible thing. Everybody has a different quotient or a different uh, meter for happiness, right? And then I just figured and I must have spoken to my coach or something and he said, well, you could deliver happiness through real estate Mm -hmm. because I figured Um, I don't have any traction. Yes, I'm a happy person. And I know what I do. Like even after my husband left and stuff, I, you know, we all go through the sorrow period, the grief period and wanting to kill somebody period. But then you come back to reality and you say, okay, that's not feasible. That's not feasible. Even yes, even though we want to do it, but it's not feasible. So then you realize, okay, so now what? Yes. And now what is where you get those answers from. Yeah. And that's what happened. So then for me, it was like, yeah, I want to do happiness. But if I can teach people financial freedom, that means happiness for them. And yeah. I could still, and I mean, you know, honestly, my thing after that is to host retreats. Now, during those retreats, I feel like, yes, we could talk about real estate to happiness to spirituality to anything in between.
0: Yeah, there's this, there's this quality, I think, you know, you chose life, when you decided to continue, you weren't particularly happy at that time. And I think that it, you know, understanding that we are on a journey and but that when we choose life, we choose growth. And when we choose growth, we open ourselves to inviting new opportunities. We open ourselves to inviting happiness into our lives again. But when we see our lives as being limited because of our experiences, that is when we close ourselves off to happiness. And I, I'm speaking from absolute 100% first-hand experience, because when you are miserable because of your exterior circumstances you can carry that, you can carry that misery through for a long time, even when you have the opportunity to open yourself up to life, to open yourself up to new opportunities, to open yourself up to joy. And part of that is because you still want to protect yourself from any further pain after you've been through a painful experience and so there is a good reason why a lot of people will stay closed off but I am so happy that we are having this conversation because um, financial limitations can put people under tremendous pressure and when you're under tremendous pressure in your life it you are closed off you know, or you do close off, you know, because you want to protect yourself from further hurt and you don't see the way forward. You can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And what you are talking about is a way, is a light that people can move towards in their life and explore to see whether this is a way for them to rebuild some financial stability in their lives. So can I ask you for somebody who has, you had, you still had the roof over your head, Sadna, when you, you know, so that, that was a good foundation for you to begin. Are you able to, you know, somebody who has not got that, um, that asset, able to still explore this path of real estate investment.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what you can do is like I explained to you on my joint venture partnership, you find somebody. I guess sometimes I still get stressed thinking about all of this that I've done, right? So I apologize. <laughs> um, so what I say is you get good at finding deals.
0: Mm.
1: okay now in that do you need to have money i'm asking no
0: no right
1: right if you can find good deals even if let's say in the beginning you don't partner up with somebody and you just sell them that good deal and you say you know what just give me two thousand dollars Whatever your currency is, I think it's two dollars, right? Yes, yeah,
0: we're dollar dollars here in Australia. Yeah. So let's say
1: I find
0: one deal a month, okay, and that property
1: is below market value, and it's going to cash flow X amount. Maybe that two thousand could become five thousand, or six thousand, or one thousand. Doesn't matter. Depending on how good the deal is. Now you're building yourself a little nest and then when you have enough maybe you could have a friend okay let's join and do it together there is no see one of the things people don't realize and i'm not saying with any disrespect because that's the way i grew up as well mm-hmm. what happens is people think only traditional way of buying yes that's it yeah and see only downfall
0: yeah
1: you Have to remove that, it's almost like going into your brain and washing it. Like I know it's called brainwashing, but really let's just put some soap on it and wash it, throw it out. Yeah, because that's not gonna serve you, yeah. In this situation, me having a roof over my head, yes, that was a great start because yes, I had my kids taken care of, I didn't have to go out and search for food and all that stuff. So, yes, thank you, God, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. However, Nowhere in my program do I say you cannot do something if you don't have money. Because I'm teaching you different ways. I am teaching you, like one of the deals I did, I borrowed the whole amount, 100% money, plus the closing costs, because I was getting it below market value. It was worth at the time, I think about 90,000. I was getting it for 63,000. I borrowed the whole 90000 closed the deal on higher interest rate. Two months later, I go to the bank, give me the money. And then I think I was able to get $72,000 because the appraisal came in at much higher. Yeah. So now if the appraisal came in higher, then what's going to happen is they're going to give you 80% of that money, whatever the appraisal came in at, because I already own the property that was enough for me to pay that girl out pay her interest and now I have no money in the deal and I own it outright
0: yeah wow yeah that's amazing amazing and yeah like as you said you know like we have been um given this one model that you know is the model that is the standard that everybody expects that this is the only way that they will be able to buy real estate and here you are saying there's not just one alternative but there are many alternatives to get to explore to you see which one will fit the deal that you need to create for that given property which is very, you know, I really love that, you know, creative side of it because it's not limited to to one thing. There's there's a there's scope there's there's scope for many different possibilities there to be able to achieve what you set out to do. Um, now you spoke of a, a real estate investment group that you were involved in. For somebody who is trying to connect with one, you know, in their country, whether it be Australia, America, Canada, the UK, anywhere, you know, um, where people might be listening. How uh, do you have any recommendations of how? You I would just Google so- real estate search. meetup groups. Google real estate meetup
1: groups. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the best. Google has most of the answers.
0: Yeah, I use Google a lot and frame the answer and get get back what I need. So, yeah. okay, but that's fantastic. So, yeah, I'll um, include that in the episode notes as well. Um, and yeah, so what helped you to have that kind of faith in your own ability uh, to become a property investor?
1: Sometimes I think it's just whatever method is shown to you. Yeah. I don't even think I chose it because I used to work at a law office. I still do. I never really thought about real estate investing because I didn't know. I knew how to do mortgages, but I didn't know how to do investing. So many times it's whatever you get exposed to. And that's Uh, what I got exposed to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that would have come through your getting involved in your real estate meetup group and the learning that you had through mm-hmm. that involvement so would you recommend you know if somebody were to you know purchase your course would you recommend that they also join up with a meetup group to support them in their oh god definitely so what <laughs> I'm gonna say
1: is my online course what I do is even though it is online I also do monthly coaching calls okay so every month you have that community. Plus with that group, I mean, with the program, we also have our own Facebook community as well. But still there is no beating that live meetup. You, guys, you said to me, you don't have COVID anymore, right?
0: Yeah, we're very lucky. So, we very few cases. Yeah. Right.
1: So you can go and meet up people face to face. You get to interact with them. You get to share their joy. You also get to share in their excitement. Yeah, All of that will fuel you to say, oh my God, this person did it. I could do it too. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. Like I'm no different. I'm no more special than anybody else out there. And the thing is, I haven't even gone to university. That's one of my limiting beliefs that I had all my life. It was, I'm not smart because I didn't go to university.
0: I can relate. I can definitely relate to that. And we're all very good at, um, you know, telling ourselves that we're not good enough for different reasons. And one of those reasons is that we're not as qualified as somebody else who has a, a degree, so to to speak about something but or is it intelligent or is as smart as they are um so well you know, listen I can... my
1: ex-husband was an um, engineer and an MBA yeah and I always gave him so much deference that because he's went to university he's the smarter one and I'm not but is that a fair thing to
0: say to yourself just even as a soul no it's not right not but there's you know it happens happens so often doesn't it it really does we give ourselves such a hard time when yeah we're you know we're super super capable and I mean you're you are super capable with everything that you have done and you've you know you've given your children that amazing stability through you know their childhood after that you know breakdown in your marriage and you know you continued on and you gave them you gave them a wonderful upbringing and um, and you managed to grow as well yourself you know you didn't stay at the level you just kept growing which is wonderful absolutely wonderful and now you've got all of this knowledge that you are able to share with others. So others can also, it's, I don't particularly like this word, but it really is appropriate to this conversation, which is to leverage in your life and get that, get that hand up or that foot up, you know, mm-hmm. and start stepping up in your life and climbing up in, out of, you know, the depths of your despair. And I think, you know, when we're talking about that soulful um Relating to that soulful outcry of you know what am I here for? And we're talking about your purpose is to to bring joy. It's you know quite possibly is really helping people to come up out of their despair, out of their financial despair, and mm-hmm. ex- to experience that relief so that they can they can discover joy again in their life. So
1: when I received that message about teaching people how to be happy, Sandy, I never thought real estate was connected to free. I'll say financial freedom was connected to happiness. But now when I speak to people, it actually is. That's a very base of happiness. If you really think about it. If your money, um, if you don't have any money situations, let's call it your very base of happiness is covered because now you can define the happiness from there because if I don't have to worry about cooking the day and I have a maid or or I have a servant I already don't have to worry about the groceries I don't have to go line up in the grocery store like do you know what I mean like anything 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 as long as your your basic food and shelter is covered then it's just growth and I was even talking to somebody yesterday Personal growth is so important. Like, you know, the skill set versus the mindset. And I talk about this in my course as well. The skill set is only maybe 10 to 20%. But the mindset shift is the big deal. Yeah. And in my course, uh, my very first module is about money mindset. It's not about your regular mindset, but it's about money mindset. Because if we did not... Have a money story. we would not be out here looking for more money or mm. for more freedom or for more um, you know more investments, whatever, however you want to say it. the point is we have that story to heal,
0: and hence we're here. yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. and I agree with you one hundred percent about the the money mindset and um, I know, you know, I work on helping women to remember their innate value because, you know, if you have forgotten your value and we were talking about that too, with you know, how easy it is to put yourself down and say that you're not good enough because you don't, you know, you don't have this degree or that qualification just because of where you are at in your life, if you've been through an abusive relationship and you uh, you know you give yourself a hard time on top of it for becoming a victim to an abuser. And um, you know it's you forget your your true value when you go through times like that. And so it's once people are able to remember, you know, how precious they are, how what a precious resource their life is and all that they actually have. Because when we look at resources, I think when we're talking about abundance and we're talking about money mindset, I see it as being a bigger picture than just money. It really is about our sense of worth and what we hold you know value to so we it has to start with us being able to value ourselves enough to be open to learn more about what we can do to bring more stability into our lives to bring more abundance into our lives and um and be okay with being open because you know those gates are closed to try and protect us and when the gates stay closed then we can't move forward we're being held back from our own growth and from our own development and a path towards our own freedom whether that be you know our freedom with our, and it really does all come back to the mind and you know what our mind will allow us to do and when our, our paradigm our story in our mind is is keeping holding us back and keeping us limited and thinking that life is full of scarcity and lack and um and you know if, if that is what our story is, then that is all that we'll be able to attract into our lives. And we really need to heal that, that Mm -hmm. we need to heal our money story. We need to heal our relationship with money and we need to ultimately heal our relationship with ourselves. So, yeah, I think that you and, you know, the transformative journey that you've been on as a woman um, embarking on this path of becoming a real estate investor is really inspirational and I really love and appreciate that you are very much a spiritual person um, and that that so because there's this misbelief that people um, who try and bring more money into their lives are greedy and there's you know that that negative relationship that people have with with money and they think that that money is the root of all evil that money is you know bad and therefore you know that's another one of those stories that um, we hold on to that hold us back from actually going after bringing more money into our lives you know because when we allow ourselves to do this then we become financially free and when we become financially free we don't have to be selfish with what we've got you know the the more financial freedom that we have the greater our ability to enrich other people's lives and be charitable and you know and provide your your children with the things that you would love to be able to provide your children with so you're you're a stunning absolutely stunning example of the good that money can do in life sadna it, it's enriched your life it's enriched your children's life and i'm so grateful that i have met you and that i've had this opportunity to have you on as a guest and i would like to have you on as a guest again to talk asking more. for another date and <laughs> now i am asking for another date most definitely because you're you're an absolute wealth of knowledge and um you're a beautiful person on top of that and i think that you know the women that i reach out to Sadna, they've um they've broken from their experiences and they need a lot of healing and they need a lot of support to help them to stand up on their own two feet again. And, you know, their mindset needs a lot of help to say that they are able to do that and they can move forward. They can find their feet. They can stand up on their own two feet. They can support themselves. They can support their children. They can heal their lives, you know, and, um, and they can heal their lives financially so um so yes I would love to have you back to talk more about this but before you go can you please share your links so that the listeners can find you
1: the I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn just with my first and last name which is Sadna Sabarwal and on um, then as far as because I know my name is kind of long so we have an easy website and then that will link you to the no money down academy it's www.singlemommillionaire.com so that's the easy one beautiful and then then if they want to go to the academy it's
0: www.thenomoneydownacademy.com That's fantastic. And I will include all those links in the episode notes to help people to find you. And for the final question, because this podcast is the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, what does this title mean to you?
1: Oh, I think, like I said, if I was to just think back, I'm thinking Tiara, it reminds me of that little girl who has a dream of, you know, I'm going to get married one day to my Prince Charming. And I'm going to live happily ever after and then going through the divorce reminded me of all the tears and the pain and then that has brought me through and now i feel like the triumph for me represents my three kids who are young adults now and two of them in medicine and one of them has done his mba that is a triumph for me yes
0: yeah. That's wonderful.
1: That for me is a tribe for
0: me. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. You've done an amazing job and you continue to do amazing work. So I am so very, very grateful to you for being on the show today. And I just want to leave today's show with a brilliant quote by Wallace D. Wattles, author of The Science of Getting Rich, which I absolutely love Wallace D. Wattles. And he says there is no such thing as a lack of opportunities for the person who is living the advancing life and who has an advancing mind. So true. Thank you, Sadna. So
1: believe, believe in yourself that you can do it and you can. Because first you need to believe before anybody
0: else will. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so thank much you. for being my guest.
1: Thank you. I really had a wonderful time. I hope I hope anybody who's listening out there I have imparted something that they needed to hear. That it is possible for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter what color we are. It doesn't matter whether we're divorced, whether we're single, whether we are whether we come from a broken home or not. It matters what we believe. And what we believe is what makes us lead to where we go, where we're going. So believe in yourself, guys. You're awesome. Each and every one of you is awesome. Love yourself.
0: I love that. Thank you. I absolutely loved that conversation with Sadhana it was just so full of wisdom and it was just such a candid conversation about how real life is and the ups and downs of life and how you can go from a feeling of despair and hopelessness to actually triumphing in your life and sadness story is one that is just so inspirational and shows how it is possible to create something amazing from coming from a point of absolute desperation and despair at one point in her life where things had completely broken down for her. So I just want to recap on the tips, the top tips from this particular episode. So I'll just run through these quickly. Number one, in dark times of despair, if you feel the urge to follow through with trying to end your pain, reach out and get support. There are many online counselling services to talk to to help you through your despairing times. Don't feel as though your desire to do something dire should be kept to yourself and if you do blurt it out in the heat of the moment like you know Sadna did in what was just you know not meant to be taken seriously but that then you know alerted um people about the gravity of her situation speak to those people who are already there and are experienced with helping people when they're at their lowest point. Um, There are lots of free online counseling support services for this and I encourage you to reach out at that time in your life to one of those counseling support services. They will help you to talk you through that and just overcoming that um, feeling of hopelessness that you have and perhaps just working out your next step after that. Number two to get started with real estate investment you need to start by learning all you can about it. Number three Sadna took two years to learn what she needed to know before she purchased her first real estate property. That's a lot of time invested but at the end of that time she was equipped with all the knowledge that she needed to go about investing in one property after another after another. So the next point is Sadna describes herself as a money recycler by either getting her money out of one investment property to put into another, or by using someone else's money to provide the deposit for the next investment property. The next point is that Sanna describes a no money down deal as being any time that the money is not coming out of her own pocket by tapping into a line of credit or to get someone with the deposit and line of credit to come in and co-invest in the property with you. The next point is remember when we choose life, we choose growth. And when we choose growth, we open ourselves up to opportunities. When we choose life, we open ourselves up to allow happiness to seep back in again. Okay, the next point is when we see ourselves as limited by our experiences, we close ourselves off to happiness. The next point is if you are interested in exploring real estate investment, you could do a Google search on real estate meetup groups and find groups that you can connect with in your area. And the next point is when you have your basic needs taken care of, this frees you up to be open to happiness. Without it, when you are constantly worrying about your survival, stress blocks happiness from entering in. The next point is learning about the framework for investing is about 20% of what you need to know. The rest is about money mindset. When you heal your relationship with money, you are then in the right headspace to explore something new in terms of opportunity and growth. Personal growth is so important. So keep striving to learn something new about yourself and how to navigate life every day now I know how challenging it is when you are in survival mode to be open to explore anything as being open to you as a pathway to rebuild and to attract success into your life what I will say to you is just to be open to explore okay because when you're open to explore then new opportunities can present themselves to you you'll recognize those opportunities and you'll have a go at those opportunities and see what works for you and your life remember this is your life and you are the creator of your life and you are the one who holds the vision for your future and the more you can envision a good future, the more you will be able to grow and develop into that future. So my advice, last piece of advice for this episode is to do what you can do and open yourself to first exploring what you need to heal in your life in terms of your mindset, in terms of this scarcity mindset and perhaps survival mentality that has embedded in itself in you because of the traumas that you've been through from financial abuse. So please don't think that it's a mountain that can't be climbed but just start traveling on the path towards the mountain and as you gather the knowledge you will have the the understanding of how to take those challenging steps up the mountain but just see the mountain as being within your reach and that's all for today's show I send you lots of love and lots of light. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship. And for a long time, I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving the show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side who share their stories and insights as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au Hey now. Can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.